In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our Lord says today to Peter, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Today is a quiet anniversary for me, too, along with my classmates at seminary. Not to the date, but rather when we think of this Sunday, this fourth Sunday after Pentecost, back in 2004, was the Sunday on which my class received the cassock. It's not something that many other people would remember, but for us, it was certainly a day to remember. And imprinted on our minds forever were the lessons we hear in today's Mass, which are very much an invitation to all young men to consider the priestly or religious vocation, but are also heard today as an exhortation to all men to, as regards to the vocation to Christian manliness, something from which no man here present is in any way exempt. Today we are truly introduced to the figure of Blessed Peter when we hear his words, his reluctance to let his nets down one more time after laboring all the night, but nevertheless agreeing to do so at the bidding of our Lord. And once he sees the miraculous catch of fish He turns to our Lord and says, Depart from me, O Lord, for I am a sinful man. Words that any man here can easily associate himself with. It is the beginning of the long conversion and generous embracing of a vocation on the part of Peter. This is our first glimpse of him. The shame he feels at the sins of his past life, which are met only by words of encouragement from his new Lord and Master. This encouragement serves him well, for we find later on in our Lord's ministry that it is Peter who boldly proclaims before all, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And this confession of Peter is met with the entrustment of the great and divine mission to be the vicar of Christ, along with his successors, until the end of time. But even at this stage, we still see something the great personality of St. Peter, his impetuosity. For only a few verses later, our Lord announces that the time has come for him to go up to Jerusalem and to endure the passion for our salvation.
to which Peter, perhaps eagerly taking upon himself his new role, declares, Never, Lord, we shall never let this happen to thee. It is not so different from how Peter will behave in the garden when he takes up his sword and strikes off the ear of the priest's servant Malchus. In both cases, this action and these words of Peter are met with a stern rebuke by his master. In the interpretation of some, we are called to reflect on the fact that Peter, who is so quick to take arms or take up his words against the enemies of Christ, in so doing also strikes off the ears of those who would be witnesses to his denial. Soon after, our bold and impetuous Peter takes on a different stance with regard to his Savior, one which I believe most men here can associate themselves with and understand. It is summed up in the words which we hear during Holy Week in the Gospel, so well commented by the fathers, Petrus sequebato da longe. Peter followed him from afar. How many men here can say that they have never been in this position? How often indeed have we after a life of sin, willingly embraced the gospel, boldly proclaimed ourselves Christians, but then at the first onset of hardship, settled down into being, shall we say, a fan of Christ, following him from afar, but not truly as a Christian man being his servant and disciple. What happens indeed when we settle in to following Christ from afar? Men who do this must soon seek warmth elsewhere, which is why we find Peter warming himself by the fire with sinners. Men who resolve or at least resign themselves to follow Christ not closely but from afar, to do the bare minimum, to be called a Christian, though not very loudly, such men must eventually seek out warmth elsewhere, for they find no more warmth in following the gospel and receiving the sacraments of Christ. They have persuaded themselves that by a minimal practice of their religion, they can, for the most part, avoid mortal sin and at least be on the road to purgatory. Such men seek warmth in the pleasures of this world and so prepare themselves for great and mortal sin, which is the case with our beloved Peter. This bold Peter, who was ready to take up arms in defense of his Lord, then shamefully denies him before men. 
This time, he finds no rebuke on the part of our Lord, only a gentle glance, a silent invitation to repentance. I think we can well believe that Peter has matured greatly in these past three years, for we do not find him here reacting in the way he did on the shore. He does not at this moment say, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Were he to say this now, he would be no different from Judas. He says nothing. He goes forth and weeps bitterly and returns to his faith and his service to our Lord. Who then cannot rejoice? What man cannot find special joy and pleasure in reading the Acts of the Apostles? In the opening chapters, we find this Peter, at first so young, so impetuous, so bold, then so cowardly, finally standing up like a man before the entire world, before thousands of would-be persecutors, and lifting up his voice to proclaim the truth of salvation in Jesus Christ alone. This is indeed a special invitation to all those who are discerning or calling to the priesthood to serve Christ as a public man of the church. But it is a call to all men as well. We can say very well that in our times to be a man is to be a martyr. Nothing is less accepted in our world today than true Christian manhood. But this is the calling of every man here today. And we find it a special model in the blessed Apostle Peter. And so whatever state of life you may discern, be discerning, whatever state of life you may have already embraced, pray for the intercession of St. Peter for courage and perseverance. Remembering the words we hear today from the Holy Apostle and co-founder of Rome, St. Paul, the sufferings of this time are not worthy to be compared with the glory to come that shall be revealed in us through Christ our Lord. Amen.